welcome back to the More Than Mothering podcast, episode number 10. I'm your host, Crystal Hardstar from The Gentle Counselor, where I specialize in perinatal mental health and parenting support. My name is Crystal Hardstar from The Gentle Counselor, and I specialize in trauma, attachment theory, perinatal mental health, and parenting support. Today, I thought we could talk a bit about self-care. I know it's a bit of a hot topic or a popular word at the moment, and many of us can feel like, okay, what does that actually mean? What is self-care? Because a lot of us, I guess, we're kind of exposed to this notion that self-care is like getting our hair done or our nails done or a massage, which are all great things. But when you're a parent, and especially when you're a parent of a newborn or a toddler, or if you're having financial struggles, or if you can't leave your baby and you're lacking that support, like all these things that happen and go on, you might be trying to figure out, okay, that's not achievable for me, or that doesn't really sound like self-care for me, so what can I actually do for self-care? And I'm just going to put this here now as a reminder, and I'll probably remind at the end as well, I do have a free workshop over on my website that goes into self-care a bit more. If you'd like to check that out, it's a workshop as well. It comes with a workbook for you to use throughout to explore the materials that we cover in that. I'll make sure to link it if I haven't linked it or if you can't find it. It's on my website, thegentlecounselor.com, and you'll see the freebies tab if you want to go check that out after this one. So let's talk first about what is real self-care. So I like to talk about self-care as being real and radical. What I mean by real is that it's truly deep to your soul nourishing. It can feel life-changing and it can also feel life-giving. Radical is that it's unapologetic and it's without guilt or shame and it's quite literally taking care of yourself. So an example of real self-care could be like seeing a mental health professional, setting and maintaining boundaries or learning self-regulation strategies. An example of radical self-care can be learning from your triggers instead of avoiding them, saying no more, um, and monitoring your energy levels each day. So the big question I find most people ask is, how do I actually find time for self-care? And I think that's a really important question to consider, and it's not something that's going to look the same for every person. Something I like to talk about is thinking of um, self-care as like the cup analogy, if you haven't heard that. So you have a cup, everyone has a cup, we all have a cup. And when we fill up our own cup by doing our self-care activities, then we can pour from that overflow of our cup around us into the people and activities around us and other areas of our life. Things like relationships or creative projects or exercise, all those things can then come from our self-care cup being full and overflowing because we're taking care of ourselves, then we're able to take care of these other people and other things in our lives. Something that's really important to consider with this though, because as lovely as that sounds, um, your cup may have holes in it. And this is kind of a big topic. It's not something that is going to be covered in this short live, but I hope that you can at least start considering how um, some of the examples I may give could be affecting you. Your environment that you're in is either going to be strengthening or weakening your ability to self-care. 
So things that can be affecting us in a negative way could be things like lack of support network. We could be missing the village we were all promised that we would have. Could be stress, like work stress, financial stress. Um, it could be relationship issues, or it could be someone in a domestic violence situation. Could be having mental health struggles. Um, for a lot of people right now, things like homelessness are very real and very scary. Um, and for some people, it could be experiencing racism or discrimination. And for many of us, it's living through a global crisis right now. So there are a lot of factors that can go into why self-care feels like it's never enough. Because it can either feel like you, you don't know what self-care is, you're sort of a, a beginner, you're trying to get an idea of things that feel good for you. And we'll get into that in a little bit as well. But it could also be, I've read about self-care, I've heard people talking about it, I've tried all the things, I've tried the journaling, the meditating, the going for walks, the calling a friend, whatever it might be, and it feels like it's never enough. And that especially um, can feel true for when we look at it through that lens of holes in the self-care cup. <sighs> I feel like that was like a big thing just to talk about in itself. I guess my end point is it's not you. I, I think it's really important that we shift away from thinking there's something wrong with us and we're not doing something or that we're not enough, because that's kind of the whole point of the issue as well. And definitely in our society, we can be made to feel that way, especially as mums. Um, we're always the first ones to be blamed for everything and seen in a negative light, unfortunately, um, because mothering and caretaking is very undervalued in our society still. So all these things um, can really contribute to that. When we have... Um, like a newborn or a toddler, we're very much in those early stages of parenthood. Self-care is going to feel like the furthest thing from your mind. Um, and that's okay, because in this season of your parenthood journey, it is going to feel like, and it is a lot of giving. It's a lot of giving of yourself. It's a lot of giving of your time and your energy and your resources um, in the many ways that that can look for families. So I think the most important step to try to work on with that is kind of coming to this level of acceptance. It doesn't have to be happy acceptance. It can be very reluctant um, acceptance into realizing this is the season of parenthood or the season of life that I'm in right now where it's gonna feel like this for a bit. And that's okay. I'm allowed to love being a parent. I'm allowed to love my children and want to be home with them or want to be co-sleeping um, or want to be gentle parenting as exhausting as it is. I'm happy with all those things and I'm allowed to complain about how hard it is. I'm allowed to feel tired. I'm allowed to um, let go of some things around the house like, I don't know, wiping the dust off the walls. I'm trying to think of like meaningless houseless housework tasks that we don't want to do. Um, it's okay to let it get into the state that it is. So it's really important to consider all these factors that are impacting you in your life specifically, because we all know how um, that trap or that cycle we can get into with comparing our lives to others, especially on social media, can really feed into those insecurities and worries that we have that then feed into that like mum guilt um, and feeling like we're 
not enough or not doing enough or that we're incompetent because we're comparing to those perfectly curated Instagram feeds or someone talking about their unicorn baby sleeping through from the beginning um, or mum groups that just seem to get along and hang out all the time and be well-dressed and everything's fine, right? We all see that and then we um, think, okay, I'm not that, so what am I doing wrong? What am I missing that they're getting? And it could be that they don't have holes in their self-care cup. Um, and that's a really important thing to consider is just trying to refocus. So not only acceptance, but trying to refocus simply on you and the baby in front of you and what that is like for you right now in this moment in time. Um, if you are someone who is partnered, you can definitely support each other through finding ways to self-care. And one of the things I wanted to talk about today is more specifically around the different types of rest. Um, so rest is more than like getting sleep. And I know a lot of us aren't getting sleep anyway, so I'm not going to sit here and tell you to sleep when the baby sleeps or whatever it is that people still say. So when I talk about the different types of rest, um, yes, physical, and that could be sleep. Um, I like to do a reverse sleep in where I go to bed early, but I call it a reverse sleep in because that makes my brain happier and more accepting. Um, it could be taking a nap with a baby. Those are valid. I've done those things when I've really needed to survive through sleepless moments. Um, it could be sitting down for the day because you just are having a low energy day. And that could mean like having the TV on or the iPads on or just staying at home um, or having a bath with the littles. Um, anything like that where you're trying to prioritize that physical rest or it could be skipping the gym instead of forcing yourself if your body's not up for it, anything around that. Um, then we have mental rest, uh, especially if you are working and if you're in a demanding job, it could be that you want to seek out more creative things because you're tired of using your brain so heavily after a long day. Um, so it could be seeking more enjoyable things or allowing yourself and giving yourself permission to watch TV or to scroll on Instagram or TikTok. Um, I don't think it's okay to villainize like coping strategies that some people have, uh, especially if that's something you're just needing after a long day and your brain just needs to switch off for a little bit. There's also uh, sensory rest. So especially if you're someone um, who is neurodivergent or if you are yeah, sensitive to being overstimulated, it could be that you need like to dim the lights down. You might like to get some lamps in your home instead of having really overbearing lights. It could be that you need a sensory um, deprivation. So like wearing noise cancelling headphones to drown out some of the noise. Um, or wearing sunnies inside to dim the lights or actually hiding under a blanket in your bed. Uh, it can also be using a weighted blanket if you need that pressure to help you and regulate yourself. Then we also have creative rest. So again, kind of tying back to what I said about if you're exhausted. So sometimes it can be embracing creativity. It could be as simple as sitting down and coloring with the kids. Um, or for me, I actually have my own like adult coloring books and my own set of pens um, that I can bring out with the kids and we can do it together. Or there are times at night where I feel like doing it myself and I've got a little um, basket next to my bed that has some of those really affordable creative things from Kmart at the moment, like the embroidering, stitching, or the coloring books and stuff like that. I just have that there. Um, Cause if I see it, I'm more likely to do it. Then we also have social rest, which could be if you're um, dealing with a lot of people all day, if you've had a big social event, um, 
and you're a bit more introverted, it could be about spending time with yourself and having a bit more time to yourself if you're able to do that. Um, and these are often overlooked as individual types of rest that we all actually need as well. So coming back to if you're partnered or if you have someone that's able to come over and help you out, I think it's really important to look at self-care from the lens of someone not missing out um, and not having to like borrow or take the time of the other person. Um, also not having that tit for tat behavior, like, oh, you got to go and do this for an hour or on the weekend. So that means I now get to go and leave for an hour on the weekend. We don't want to have any of that tit for tat behavior going on either. So it's really important to be able to have um, important conversations with your partner around the types of rest that you are needing and how you can work together to both achieve what you are both individually needing. It doesn't have to match up exactly the same. Um, because for example, in some couples, the person that's working, that is kind of like time off for them because they get lunch breaks or they get that hour drive to work where they can listen to a podcast or just be alone without screaming children around them, for example. Um, or they're the parent that has a risky job and so they are getting sleep at night in a separate room, whatever it might be. Whatever your specific dynamic looks like, there needs to be a, a conversation where it's not about fairness of making everything exactly the same and equal. It is looking at each person as the individual that they are and what each of you specifically needs because it's unlikely it's going to be exactly the same. Um, and I think that's really important to come into a respectful conversation about that as well. I hope that gave you some really useful information that you're able to take with you right now and start implementing straight away in whatever way that you can. And again, if you want to delve into this a bit more, I do have a free workshop on self-care that also comes with a workbook. If you would like to check that out on my website, thegentlecounselor.com, and I'll make sure to have it linked here as well. Um, if you want to follow me, I'm mostly on Instagram at The Gentle Counselor. Uh, I'm over on TikTok as well because of course I am. <laughs> and if you want to book a counseling session, if you're looking for more one-on-one -on -one individual type support, um, you can definitely book that in as well. I'm local to the Gold Coast if you want an in-person session, um, but I have many clients that see me via telehealth um, from all around Australia and you can book that in as well. Hope you all have a lovely rest of your day. Bye everyone.